Welcome everyone to the Change Starts Here podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Odom. In today's episode, we have a unique episode in that it's us, or it's me talking to three high school students. And before you tune out, I'll just tell you, it was one of the more interesting conversations I've had on the podcast. Uh, so the three students are Janae Wilder, Mary Catherine Archer, and Jorge Sanchez. They are beyond their years when it comes to wisdom and talent and future. So uh, one, they're just really cool to talk to. Two, the insight they give me, gave me, but they'll give us is really impressive. We dove into what are the biggest challenges facing teenagers, particularly students at the high school level uh, and even middle school. How, and we dove into some of their ideas on how to fix those. Um, we talked about how do we how do we fight student apathy, which is something that I know every educator and parent thinks through um, at least at some point in their life or career. Um, we also talk about the importance of leadership development in schools, you know, even as young as kindergarten and as high as high school, and how that's helped them. Uh, the part that I was most surprised by at the end was when I just asked them, like, what's their best leadership advice? The wisdom that came out of all three of their mouths is just super impressive. And honestly, it hit me at a place where I needed it. And so as I just think about things that I struggle with personally or a time in my life that I'm going through, um, their wisdom is really, really helpful to me. I know it may sound crazy to some folks listening, but uh, I know that you all don't know who these random high school students are to you, but Janae Wilder, Mary Catherine Archer, and Jorge Sanchez, I believe will be household names in whatever community they continue to serve and grow up in because they are just super impressive. So do not turn out, I would say, lean in, enjoy this conversation because um, it was really, really enjoyable. So again, if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. We need your continued support. Um, thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Team, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Good to be here. All right, so Jenea, we're gonna go on you first. The question that we ask everybody is, who are you and what do you love about what you do? So I want to know who are you and what do you love about being a high school student? Who am I? I feel like that can be kind of a tricky question to answer. Um, I think I'm a kind-hearted person. I think I'm a realist. And I think I'm also someone who generally cares about, you know, lots of things. People, um, places and environments and that kind of thing. So um, who, what about being a high schooler? Being a high schooler, I feel like there are a lot of ups and downs, a bit of a roller coaster altogether. But um, I think the thing that I like most with being a high schooler is that there are so many new options and new routes to take, um, different things to explore that you can't necessarily do, necessarily do in the um, like, schools below below high school yep. so i think that the, the opportunity is probably the most um the biggest thing that i love about being a high schooler that's awesome how about you mary Catherine? um if you were to ask me who i was i think i would say that i'm inquisitive i think that i would say that i'm analytical but i also really care about the about the human about the emotional side of everything yep. i think i have a really strong faith that roots me in a lot of the decisions that i make and then what i love about being a high school student oh my goodness um i think as a high school student or as a young person in general there's a lot of potential with everything like you're not yet 
um, centered on a degree or you're not let, yet in a job where people expect you to do a certain thing. So kind of like Janaea said, you can do everything and just explore it all and find your passions and your gifts. And so I think the potential that comes with being young and being at this point in our lives is what I love about being a high school student. That's awesome. How about you, Jorge? I think something that people and I even notice if I had to describe myself is that first and foremost, I am a very detail-oriented person. Not in a bad way, but I'm more of, when I think bigger picture, I also like looking at, okay, how are we going to get there? And what is the end goal before we begin anything? I think another thing too that I realized about myself and that I like telling people is that I'm passionate about the projects that I participate in. I'm really into getting students prepared for leadership positions, for life after high school. I'm very passionate about family and consumer science education and even financial literacy things that are affecting our students day to day. Something I like about being a high schooler, I'd have to say, honestly, like Mary Catherine and Janaya have said, is the flexibility of really discovering what your passions and what you love are. Being a high schooler, depending on where you go, you have the flexibility of going into different electives, you get to discover. I personally have discovered I have a love for science, but also for economics and politics and I've had an opportunity to really experience everything. And I don't think I'd be able to do that if I wasn't going to high school, <laughs> to put it like that. That's great. Uh, Janaea, you said earlier, uh, when you started thinking about high school, you said high school's full of ups and downs. And I think that resonates with anybody who's in high school or been through high school, like for me, 20 some odd years ago, um, it was definitely full of ups and downs. I'm curious right now, what are the, the biggest challenges you and more importantly your fellow classmates are really struggling with right now um just curious what yeah you know the the climate's like for you guys Janaea, i'll let you go first and then i'll go reverse for it i'll go back to jorge and then mary Catherine. i think the one of the biggest challenges with high school is all the different little clicks and like different um separations uh i think it's kind of like all of these little clicks form pretty early on, even before high school. So you go into high school and maybe there is a little bit shifting around, um, new students, that kind of thing. But generally it pretty much stays how it is. So either you're with those big groups of people or you're not. And I think that is probably the biggest challenge for me, at least in high school, is because, you know, I'm not someone who really fits into a certain like big click or anything like that, which I honestly don't mind. Um, but it does create a bit of a rift between everyone um, in your class. And I think without that, we'd all be a, a bit happier. Mm, absolutely. Corey, I think you and I have talked about that particular issue in the past, but I'm curious, you know, does that resonate with you or are there other, uh, and or are there other challenges that you notice that your classmates are facing right now? I think really it's just finding time to balance everything. Like there's so much that we as high schoolers want to do that we want to experience, you know, having social time, but then we're also getting bombarded by tons of work, worksheets upon worksheet and packets and then Zooms. And if we're involved in CTSOs or extracurriculars, that's also taking up some of our time. I think the biggest challenge for me and my peers is managing that limited 24 hours that we have to do things. Mary Catherine, how about you? Um, I absolutely agree with both Jorge and Janaea. I think that the first semester, um, 
I'll just say from my perspective, I had a really bad issue with time management. Um, I was playing volleyball and doing school and doing a whole bunch of things. So I definitely um, relate to Jorge, but also to Jenea. And then especially as a senior, now those clicks are kind of falling and we're having to figure out who we are, what we actually like, and not just the things we kind of meld into to like fit into high school. So I think that's another big struggle too. So go into that a little bit. What, and I'm trying to think, so the people who are listening to this podcast are mostly educational leaders, right? Who are trying to figure out how do we create better district, school, community environments for our students to thrive now and into the future. And so um, to kind of uh, tackle both of those, one time management and two, the kind of click challenge that all of you face and all of us have faced in high school. Mary Catherine, I'll start with you. What, What ideas do you have or what ideas have you seen implemented that have helped you tackle you know the time management and maybe uh your students tackling the click challenge um with time management uh i think that my school does a really good job of giving us blocks of free time whether that be to plan or to study or to do whatever but um uh, like a block at the beginning of the day and a block at the end of the day is something that has really helped me even if it's simply just saying okay here's what i have to do today and here's the time that i'm going to do and just to have that plan going into my eight hour school day has been extremely helpful. And then with the clicks, I think that I think that students, especially going into high school, need to understand or need help understanding that just because I like something doesn't mean that's my identity. Like just because I like theater doesn't mean that I'm a theater kid, right? Or just because I'm really smart doesn't mean that I'm the studious kid who was, doesn't do anything else. I think students need to understand that it's high school. And you can do, you can be anything. That's life. You can be and do whatever. So educators would be great. I think that school districts would be better if we understood that more. So how, I mean, again, I don't think you need to solve all the problems, but to, to keep going there, I think that is such a pain point for everyone. What, what ideas would you have for incoming freshmen or for, you know, just current freshmen through seniors to try to tease that out so that um, people can see you as more than just that one passion you have or those one or two things that you're constantly recognized for being great at? Well, when I was in ninth grade, I had a teacher who the first thing they did in our class was they said, get out a piece of paper and write your story. And so maybe gave us like 20, 30 minutes to just write everything about ourselves, our name, our sibling, our favorite color, the things that we love to do, our passions. And we were able to deliver that to the class. So I think it started off a, started off like just opening ourselves up. So no matter what, no matter what people had seen us do in the past or no matter what we were known for, we got to present every part of us to our, to our, um, like our fellow students. And so it, I think it just felt really releasing for me. I think it, because in the past I was someone who was like the studious kid, but I think doing that allowed me to not have to live up to expectations to my fellow students. I think it allowed me to really just release and do what I felt like doing or do what I felt called to do in high school. That's great. Jenea, I mean, you started, I called on you first to talk about the click. So have you put some thought into one of the ways that we could, you know, schools can attack that issue and make them better? I think that, you know, the whole forming of cliques and this kind of thing is just that 
people think, oh, well, I need someone that I have to like, sit with at lunch or I need someone that's exactly like me. And they migrate to each other and then they just kind of like stay in that. And some people like it's so ingrained and it's so important that they kind of lose them, themselves in it. And I think a good reminder, just like a reminder like, hey, like, you know, yeah, having friends is important and yeah, these people are great, but like they're also, they don't also don't ref- define your identity. You know, this, you know, click isn't just who you are. And I think, you know, showing kids that it's okay to, you know, not identify with this whole group, you know, to be yourself, to be an individual, you know, to strike out on your own. And maybe you don't have, you know, 20 friends you could sit with at lunch, but maybe you see yourself and know yourself better. You know, you can see past, you know, high school. Because, like, people always say, like, you know, you're clearly the popular kid in high school now. It doesn't mean it's very important once you leave. And I think just giving the kids the opportunity to find themselves and maybe find some interests that they wouldn't necessarily look into if they were with all of this, these huge cliques and friends and that kind of thing. That's great. Jorge, do you want to add anything to uh, solutions for time management or breaking down of cliques? Yeah, I mean, really for time management, what I do is I keep track of every all the assignments that I have. I recently, because I have some deadlines coming up from now to March, I've started a calendar on my phone and I just put in, okay, I need to get this social media post up this day for my organization. This needs to get done this day. I need to send out this email this day. And for school, what I do is I have this app called School Assistant. I don't know, it's, it's made by an indie developer, but you get to put in your assignments, put a due date, and it populates in like a general list and you can just swipe it and um, it like completes the assignment and things like that. So that's what's helped me. And I have like a four hour bus ride, two hours in the morning, two hours coming home. So it's already hard enough to kind of balance everything out. I just like to take a step back, breathe in and realize, okay, have some patience with yourself, look at the bigger picture and see what's going on. See, oh, this homework's easier than this one. Let me do this one first. This homework's harder. Let me leave it to last. It really is just what works for you. And there's not one set formula for everyone. And to educators, please, 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 please have patience with us. If we ask you for extra time, nine out of 10, it's because we need it and not because we forgot to do it or something like that. It's just, we already have your class and possibly seven, eight others if we're doing virtual school at that time. Yep. I remember us talking about when you were experiencing that. I, I, I'm laughing because I'm thinking like, man, you got two hour bus ride in the morning, a two hour ride afternoon. Like you should be able to solve everything in that time. Right. Uh, all kidding aside. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All, all kidding aside though. One of my first thoughts was I think Jorge needs to go into a business for high school students, helping them improve their time management. You're talking about this other app. You might need to either hop into that app or offer your consulting services to help other students access that app at the highest level possible. What are your thoughts on that? Well, see, I actually, when I get an opportunity to talk to my friends and people through conferences, I tell them, hey, look, I know this app. I don't make it. I'm not sponsored by them. I really love it because here, I even have it on my phone. It gives you like a little widget. You know how on like iOS 15, they have the little widget. It literally tells me, okay, you have this many assignments left. You have these tests coming up. And 
I found a similar one like that for my medication too, because I'm extremely forgetful about that. And sometimes it really just comes down to if you're forgetful, that's going to be the majority of the time. Like you're going to be on TikTok, you'll forget your high homework, you'll be like, oh, ha, 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 oh, I have homework. Yep. And it'll be like 11 at night and then your assignments will end up at nine. So. That's great. So I was on a call to start my day with um, high school principal uh, in kind of the Midwest United States. And we were just talking about some of the challenges that they face. And one of the challenges that got brought up was uh, a struggle with apathy of students. Like there's a general feel from the staff that students just aren't caring or aren't as excited to be a part of the school community or to go to class. Is that something that you have sensed? And I guess what I'm leaning for to you guys is what are ways students could help attack that apathetic nature or feeling that schools may be experiencing right now or students may be experiencing right now? I actually want to talk about that a little bit. We just had a meeting at my school about that and it related almost to school pride. And it was with a program we have here in my county called Grad Nation. It helps our schools increase their graduation rate. Something that we saw among our student population is that they really don't feel connected to the school. And there's a lot of our schools in our county that are experiencing that right now. The solution, and this was a panel of like 15 students, the solution we came to is really, we need to start encouraging our students to participate in the school community, however way that may be. If that means having after school activities, including community service, one of the options too we opened up is highlight your school's history and show your students why they should be proud to come to school so that they continue into that education and that mind of, okay, I'm coming to school to hopefully be someone like my school is alumni, going to college, starting a business and having a school named after you. So that's really what we, we lost Jorge for a second. <laughs> Sorry, my mom was COVID, so she think she got a call from the school, but I'll continue with my okay. comment of- No worries. Lori, do not edit that out. I want the fact that mom interrupted the conversation to stay on record, keep moving. Yeah, and see, that's something too, like you have to balance family time out and everything, but going back to the original comment, school pride is so important for our students to be involved we recommended having like school merch for the students. And yeah, I, I know, I think Mary Catherine and I could add more to that. Jenea, Mary Catherine, who wants to hop out there with some ideas of how do we tackle this challenge that is everywhere of student apathy? Yeah. Uh, so this, this is one that I think is really interesting. Um, there are a lot of, you know, stuff out there that, that shows that, someone's going to care more about something if it directly impacts them. If something is going to change how they view something or what happens to them, they're going to take a stand on it a lot stronger than they would if it didn't even directly affect them. So I think one of the ways we can combat this student apathy is we push how you know, how they do high school will affect what happens afterwards. I think we need to open their eyes to all of the opportunities that they have. Um, we've got like, I know for our school, 
Um, we've got community colleges, we've got universities, we have entrepreneurs, we have um, trades you can do that you don't even have to go to school for. Like there are so many things and I think kids get lost in the fact that like, can't wait to get out of high school. I just don't want to do it anymore. They lose sight of like, what's going to, what are you going to do afterwards? And they don't see themselves doing anything like that will interest them. They don't have a uh, motivation to go out and achieve anything. And I think so if we push that, you know, the sky's the limit and there are so many opportunities and introduce them to all of these different fields and things that they can do after high school, now it directly affects them. How, what they want to do, if they want to go to college, they're going to have to um, make their grades good. Or if they want to do an, an internship or if they want to do an apprenticeship, like now what they do in high school directly affects their future and it's a future that they care about. So I think once we invest them in, you know, what comes after, I think that's how we get them to empathize with school. I absolutely agree with Janae. I think that was very well said. I've never thought of it. I've never thought of, you know, like cultivating what happens next and, and making that like an incentive to go to school. But I think that is, I think that's a great point of view. I'll say in my school, one thing that we really focus on is doing different activities to cultivate a school culture. And I think it really starts from the top. Um, when I went into my school, my school is very new. It's like derived from the collaboration between a local community college and our school district. So I think I was like the third class to go through. And one thing that all of the students were able to do is it's a brand new school. So we were able to pick the name, pick the mascot, pick the school colors, name the mascot. So I think that allowing students to take ownership of some part of their school, maybe allowing them to create a new club and leave it there or like a park bench maybe they did a fundraiser and that's what they left that's what class of you know 20 whatever left i think that that i think that that creates pride as well and makes you want to do better because it's yours like you have ownership over that part of it and so i think that all three of us have great options um and i'm really interested in what janae said yeah how so i'm curious do your schools give you much voice to solve problems like this or do they generally try to solve from the teacher lens and then my follow-up question to that is do you think schools should give more ownership to students to to solve real challenges that the schools are facing i think absolutely i think that at a, at a school the average high school is what like 500 students 500 800, maybe I'm off a little bit, but with that many students in one place, I think that we should absolutely be able to call ownership to at least something. I think that that only makes sense, right? And so I think that some high schools do a better job of giving students the opportunity. I think some high schools, um, you know, are kind of a bit more strict on it, but I think that teachers and administrators will see the difference in months. And I can attribute to that personally because, you know, like I said before, with my school, we created it from the bottom up. And I think that just doing that from the beginning, starting an expectation of students coming in and saying, I have ownership over this. I have the responsibility to make this what it is. And if I don't, then it's not going to be something that I am happy to go to every day. And so I am really, really an advocate for letting students 
want number one, training students in leadership skills so that they will be able to handle that responsibility. And number two, giving it over to them and trusting them with that responsibility. Awesome, Jorge, you gonna hop out there? Yeah, and I, I don't know if I heard Mary Catherine right or wrong. 500 to 800 students per high school or per class? Because per high school, at least mine, is like 1,200 students. I the know. Biggest school, the biggest high school in my county is like 3,000 students. Yep. So I can understand the frustration of some um, administrators of how am I going to give 3,000 students a voice? Yep. And some of them, you might even think, well, they don't even know the school's history. They don't know what we're doing. So it's not going to be productive. But end of the day, as, as administrators, you don't really see what your students are doing. So who best to ask about what's going on is your school culture and your school environment than the students. I mean, the teachers are only there for part of the day and they don't they don't get to interact with the actual students that much apart from the instructional curriculum time. At Jefferson, the high school that I go to, what we do is we have various clubs. We have the student council. We have another one, it's like the principal's advisory board. It's a group of students and they tell the principal what's going on. We used to have one called the leadership development team. And those were a group of students from different school clubs that came together to make the school better. We have an inter, um, we have something called the ICC. It's like the inter-club council. And it's all the club presidents at the school working to give administration ideas about what they can do to make clubs more successful and in turn the school more successful. So you just have to find like ideas like that where you can pull from different areas of the school and still give everyone a voice, but just in a smaller form. Another school in Osceola here in Florida, what they do is they actually do town halls during the year. So they have four town halls. One is at the beginning of the year where students actually get to have a chance to set the school rules. So administration will go, and this kind of like relates to what Mayor Catherine said, give students a choice. The administration will go into this meeting and tell them, okay, here are these set rules. Here's what we expect from you. And then the students in turn get to tell administration, what do you expect from us? And then they continue with that. The second one sets more of those expectations. The third one is a reflection. And then the fourth one is just kind of like a goodbye party. Hopefully everything worked out. <laughs> Hopefully. Janae, do you want to add anything to that? I think Mary Catherine and Jorge are right on point. Um, I think student voice, you know, a lot of our students, some of them, they just don't really care. That's not the apathy we were talking about earlier, you know, and I think we, it's be, a lot of it's because people, administrators, teachers, staff really set in their ways. You know, this is how I've always done it. It works moderately well. Let's just keep doing it this way. And that way they hold all the cards. And I think because we've been like this the whole time, a lot of our students think, well, it's never going to happen. So why, you know, and even if we do speak up, what's really going to change? And I think so that there's that point where it's kind of like, you know, giving them that voice maybe shows them that, yeah, you can speak up. Yeah, it, your voice does matter, it is important. But it's also really important for, you know, districts and administration and staff to hear them and implement because you can't, it's like you can't just speak to a brick wall, you know? 
Yeah, it sounds like what you're saying is um, oftentimes schools can be built to create comfortable environments for the educators, the teachers, versus trying to think about it through the student's lens of how do we constantly have a growth mindset to do this better, to connect with our most important constituent, which is our students, not the comfort of our staff. Does that sound right? Yeah. Also, I want to add one last comment to what Janai was saying. It just popped into my head. You know, it's not also just about the students, but it's also about what the teachers themselves are reflecting. Like your school might have a really good student community. They're all involved. They all know each other. But if you go into a classroom and the teacher is just like strict, no bending of the rules, even if it's just a little bit in policy, like if someone needs late work turned in, something's going on at home, but they're dead set on no, that's my expectation. And they're like strict about it. And like Janai said, they're not willing to compromise or change their views just a little bit. Your students are not going to start life in your school and they're not, they're more than likely just going to be like, well, why am I doing this? Why am I even coming? Like, am I even learning anything by just sitting there and listening to a grumpy person all day? That's so something that we have to think about too. Yeah, it's, so it's gotta be from, you know, you, you talked earlier about kind of a town hall message of like, yes, this is what we're about. We're receiving voice and choice. Like we're giving students voice and choice, but that has to, that can't just stop there. That has to go all the way down to each individual classroom so that uh, students know this is what this school is about. Not just this is a an event we're trying to do to get some feedback. We're actually trying to live this out differently, all right? So uh, one last question I have for you just about uh, schools itself, and then we can dive into personal questions for each of you. Um, it sounds like, you know, the schools that you guys want to be a part of to, to fight apathy, to fight clicks are ones where students have more voice and choice in what's happening and what they can explore. Um, it sounds like you guys want to continue to explore identity and to continue to develop stronger community with each other. One question I have is I think about as a former high school teacher myself, um, what is the importance of the school's job, I guess, in helping prepare you for the future? Meaning specifically in this case, leadership skills. How important it is, is it for your high school to help develop your leadership skills? I think leadership, people think leadership to think of like someone holding a position in leadership. I think that's the probably the most broad um, knowledge when we think about leadership. And I think it's the school's job to break that down for us. Um, you know, leadership is inspiring others. Leadership is standing up for your peers, even if you don't really know that person. Leadership is taking on responsibility and um, being honest and delivering things on time when you say you will, holding yourself to your own word. Leadership is so many, so many moving parts, so many different things. And I think those get lost and maybe are even covered up with this myth of what leadership really is. So I think we want to take a page from Mythbusters maybe and just kind of like, you know, bust the myth that leadership is just a role that you hold or a position. You know, leadership is something you take on. I think, you know, true leadership is a choice. It's not any position 
or role that you're given. That's awesome. Mary Catherine, you want to add to that? Yes. Um, I think that the point Jenea took by saying, or by starting with leadership isn't a position, it's, you know, just something that you do. I think that's really important. I think that every school should start there. I think that maybe more so than positioning or responsibilities pertaining to other people, I think that schools would do well to start with leadership of self. Start with, like we mentioned before, time management, planning, truthfulness, you know, simple things that you think people would know, but you can't assume that every person is taught that. You can't, you can't assume that every person has that foundation. And I think that in high school, as a preparation to go out into, you know, like they say, the real world, I think that our schools should definitely take that on as something just as important as our core curriculum. Great. All right. You want to add anything before I start peppering you guys individual questions? Yeah, I do. I, one last thing. And it was the first thing I was going to say when I got the chance. If we are not doing it in the schools, where are we doing it? I want to say that we're doing it at home, but do we really have the connections at home in our households to actually develop our students' leadership? I, I'm very passionate about this. I'm a state president for a CTSO, FCCLA, and I'm always trying to encourage school administrators to get CTSOs inside of their schools. DECA, FCCLA, FBLA, there's FFA. Get something that your students can one, join for school pride in that, but two, that they get an opportunity to compete in the programs, participate in the programs, feel supported in what they want to do and what they're passionate about, but also develop their leadership skills, their communication skills, that they gain those connections that they need for the next steps of life. I think this type of work, I'm only here doing this stuff with Franklin Covey because of FCCLA. I was recommended by national staff for the Reality Talks um, uh, workshop the I'm sorry the podcast I'm getting a little nervous uh, and even now you're still doing this I get nervous sometimes but if it wasn't for organizations like DECA and FCCLA and even Franklin Covey that give me these leadership opportunities I'd be stuck at my school just doing the little things that maybe aren't preparing me as well as a bigger club or organization could yeah I think that's a really good uh, bookend to, to bring in the leadership because I, I think leadership is still a position. You still get to grow in it. But Jenea, I think the sad thing for me, it probably took me 20 years or 30 years to really understand that leadership's not a position. It's a choice, right? And every day we have opportunities to live and leave a, a, live an example and leave a legacy for folks to be better leaders and to live different lives. And so I do think um, what you started with there is that you know, school's job is to help break that mold down so that everybody can look in the mirror and see that they are a leader that can help improve the school community, their family community, or their actual like neighborhood community they live in. So I, I appreciate that very much. So to wrap up the podcast, I ask every guest we have the same questions. And so I'm going to do a rapid fire around and I'll call your name out and just answer as quickly as possible. My first question is, what daily or weekly habits do you, or disciplines, do you have in your life that you think help you be the best version of yourself or the most successful version of yourself? Mary Catherine, I'm going to start with you. Waking up early in the morning. I think that whatever early is for you, pushing that, expanding your day, giving yourself more time is one of the best life-changing tips that you can have. Hmm. 
what do you do with that time when you get up early? Is there anything specific that you do on a regular basis? So for me personally, um, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that I have a really strong faith that kind of settles me and everything. So what I do in the morning is I explore that by reading my Bible, praying, different things like that. But just, I think that I really, I think I just really like seeing the sunrise for some reason. I don't know why. I just really like, I think that it gives me some type of boost to say I was up before the sun, right? Yep. I just think that those extra hours added to my day are really important. That's awesome. Jorge, what about you? If you're tired, if you're not feeling it, go take a nap. <laughs> I can't stress it enough. I don't function well if I haven't taken a nap and I'm feeling tired. Yep. I'd rather spend 30, 40 minutes sleeping than 30, 40 minutes sitting at my computer. Okay, what am I doing? <laughs> and then just sitting there staring off. And then later on, I'm just like, I'm so tired. I'm going to go. You, you've already wasted two hours trying to figure out what you wanted to do because you were tired. Then yep. if you just made the investment, took the risk and went to sleep for 30, 40 minutes. That's, yeah. I think, one of the biggest tips I can give people. Because that's, that's, yeah. Sorry to cut you off. That's something I didn't learn until college, I don't think, because, uh, you know, in high school, you've got so much of a structured day. In college, when it's less structured, you're like, oh, I can take a nap right now and I will be better if I study. So it's it's cool to hear someone in high school uh, already recognize that. Uh, Janae, what about you? What discipline or habit do you, do you have? I think uh, for me, I just keeping track of all of your assignments, your deadlines, um, it helps um, keep me like structured, like you said, talking about, um, so that I know when things are due, never second guessing if I have homework. Um, as well as the fact, like, you know, it's really important. Your grades are important. Getting yourself in on time is important. But also your own, like, individual health is important, too. So taking time to relax, taking time to do things that make you happy, fill up your cup. You know, if you keep taking and taking and taking, you don't pour anything back, you're going to run out of steam. And when that happens, you're going to lose all the motivation to do things you need to do. So I think if you, like Jorge was saying, make the investment, like, you know, invest in yourself and then you won't have to be hurting later. That's awesome. All right. Quick question. This is just a rapid fire on this one. Uh, either your, your favorite book, podcast, uh, and I know you're all rushed to say mine, but don't say mine. That's a terrible joke. Uh, hopefully you guys are mute so I can tell you're laughing, but uh, all kidding aside, favorite book, favorite podcast, favorite even, you know, Jorge said TikTok earlier, so TikTok channel, YouTube channel, whatever, that you go to mo most regularly to improve yourself as a leader and as a person. So I'm curious, what is that for you? Again, it could be a book, periodical, something that is just there that recharges you. So Jorge, I'll start with you. TikTok or YouTube? I'm not, I don't, I wish I could say I had time to sit down and read. I still have a book that Franklin Covey sent me called Unconscious Bias. I really had my mindset on starting it. I don't have time. And the TikToks that are like two, three minutes and the TED videos that I see on YouTube that are like five minutes, oddly enough, like those videos give me so much more knowledge and they give me like random little facts that then I'm like, wait, let me look that up. And that leads to a new thing. That leads to another <laughs> new thing. And I really like to challenge that convention of you can only learn if you're learning from books. Uh-uh. TikTok and Instagram, they have pages for everything. There's Canva help, there's science, there's math. Once you just start getting into like your little click on those, on those sites, the algorithm figures out what you like and it'll start recommending things that you want to learn about. 
Oh, I, I do agree. I, I, when we started this podcast, I was like, all right, I got to dive into social media, not figured out how to use it, but I've, I've gone on some rabbit trails into TikTok and I have learned so much that way. That's why I asked, like, well, where do you learn? It doesn't have to be a book, but I've got a few books as I'm looking up here at the time reading. Mary Catherine, how about you? I'm like Jorge now. I love a good TED Ed um, video. Oh my goodness. There's a TED Ed for everything. <laughs> um, I think that I, I learn a lot from books, but I'm really into fiction. Mm. Like right now I'm reading A Tale of Two Cities and it's something that I've wanted to read forever, but I'm just now getting into it. But I love, I love Dickens. I love Hemingway. I'm, I'm a classics person. And I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of knowledge. There's a lot of expansion of ideas, even just expansion of like reading different words you don't see every day. So I love the classic. That's awesome. All right, Jenea, giving you time. <laughs> All right. Um, so for me, like Mary Catherine was talking about, um, love to read, love to read. Um, I'll read on my phone. I'll read. I have like five or six different reading apps on my phone. Um, I've got a whole library above me and in the back over here, as you can see. Um, so I and mostly it's like ro ro um, romance books, some romance stuff, I guess. It's my thing. Um, so that's kind of what I do. But like, even though it's a lot of it's fiction, not really a lot of nonfiction, um, there are still so many different themes, so many different things that you can learn from that kind of stuff. Like, I don't think anything I have is really for nothing. There's always something in there where you're like, whoa, like I never thought about that way. There's a different way of thinking about things. There's a different way of viewing things. And I always like to see that as well as like, just think about, oh, like what if I didn't view it as, you know, black and white? What if a little bit of what was gray, you know? So I think that's kind of like what's, what's really cool about what you can find those books. Well, I love that both of you reading uh, fiction because I feel like um, that I've never read enough fiction, um, maybe a little bit in high school, but once I got to college, you know, studying subjects or even after college, I'm looking up most of these books up here or, you know, some sort of academic book or improvement of some sort. And I've got this like library above here, um, we've been back here, like uh, I, I wish, and my wife who's a former reading teacher constantly is trying to get me to read more fiction. So I cannot encourage you guys enough to keep going down that path. I can't necessarily endorse the romance novels, Jenea, but I love that people have their own thing. So just keep riding it out. All right, last question. Um, you guys are amazing, by the way. Uh, last question. I'm gonna start with you, Jorge. I've got a Mary Catherine. I'll end with you, Jenea. Um, Jorge, what is the best piece of leadership advice you've come across recently? So just our life advice, whatever you wanna go. So it could have been something you scrolled on TikTok or a quote that you're trying to memorize right now or a TEDx you just saw. Jorge, you're first. Take things one step at a time. It, things are bound to happen, but you can't rush them. Uh, something we talked about in science class is entropy, and it's the, the <laughs> likeliness of life to really just want to be disordered. Hmm. Whatever you're doing in leadership and life, just take everything one step at a time. Focus on the small things, but always have an end goal in mind just don't get overwhelmed by it. That's awesome. Appreciate it. Mary Catherine, how about you? Um, I heard someone say one time on a podcast, they say in order to be great, you have to be consistently good. And I think that's important because a lot of times we focus on 
the big outward showings of how great we are, but just the everyday thing that we do that's good, if you do it long enough, it'll turn into great. So that's just something that I love. All right, Janae, no pressure. You're the last person I'm calling on for this podcast. Knock it out of the park. So I think for me, like one of the biggest things is that, you know, things happen for a reason. So if something you really, really wanted didn't happen, like I guarantee you it's for a reason. And that's what always helps me get back up because whenever you fall down, whenever things don't go your way, you always got to get back up because the second you don't, the second you give up is when you truly lose. So, I mean, you never really, never really lose anything until you quit. So for me, that's what always helps me when things don't go my way or, you know, that didn't happen the way that I wanted it to. Um, just getting back up and getting the motivation to keep going and keep improving and moving forward. Um, that's probably the best advice that I have. That's awesome. Well, this, this may sound corny given that I'm hosting a podcast for one of the worldwide premier leadership organizations, but um, just the three quick answers that you guys gave, I want you to know are giving me life. They're all speaking to me differently. And one, one thing I want to encourage you is just to remind me like, man, I need you guys on repeat for a little bit. Cause sometimes you just get in funks. You got to have friends around you to hold you accountable for what you're saying now. Cause some days today, like as life goes on, you're going to think, you know, yeah, everything happens for a reason, but man, I really wanted to get into that college or I really wanted that job or I really want it. And you may be in a funk longer than you're normally used to. And so it's just refreshing to have people around you with that kind of perspective. So personally, I just want to thank you all for sharing your wisdom with me. Professionally, I would like to say thank you all for coming here, bringing your whole head and heart to this interview. Um, this has been awesome. Um, it's really, really been awesome. And I'm going to make sure that Again, like I told you earlier, my eight-year-old son loves to watch this on YouTube. So I'm going to make sure he is watching this with me and we can talk about it. Um, I appreciate what each of you are doing. I appreciate how each of you are trying to live differently to inspire others. And I appreciate that each of you are trying to lead differently to inspire others. So thank you for making time for us. Thank you for, like I said, bringing your whole head and heart. This has been a real blessing. Thank you very much. Please support us by subscribing to our YouTube channel, uh, podcast on Apple or Spotify, and help us celebrate the beautiful, messy work of shaping human potential. Mm -hmm.